The Letter to the Romans, Chapters 12 through 16 from the 20th Century New Testament. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter, www.authenticlight.org. The 20th Century New Testament by a company of about 20 scholars. The Letter to the Romans, Chapters 12 through 16. Chapter 12. I entreat you then, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, for this is your rational worship. Do not conform to the fashion of this world, but be transformed by the complete change that has come over your minds, so that you may discern what God's will is, all that is good, acceptable, and perfect. In fulfillment of the charge with which I have been entrusted, I bid every one of you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think till he learns to think soberly, in accordance with the measure of faith that God has allotted to each. For just as in the human body there is a union of many parts, and each part has its own function, so we, by our union in Christ, many though we are, form but one body, and individually we are related one to another as its parts. Since our gifts differ in accordance with the particular charge entrusted to us, if our gift is to preach, let our preaching correspond to our faith. If it is to minister to others, let us devote ourselves to our ministry, the teacher to his teaching, the speaker to his exhortation. Let the man who gives in charity do so with a generous heart. Let him who is in authority exercise due diligence. Let him who shows kindness do so in a cheerful spirit. Let your love be sincere. Hate the wrong cling to the right. In brotherly love, be affectionate to one another. In showing respect, set an example of deference to one another. Never flagging in zeal, fervent in spirit, serving the Master, rejoicing in your hope, steadfast under persecution, persevering in prayer, relieving the wants of Christ's people, devoted to hospitality. Bless your persecutors, bless and never curse, Rejoice with those who are rejoicing, and weep with those who are weeping. Let the same spirit of sympathy animate you all, not a spirit of pride. Be glad to associate with the lowly. Do not think too highly of yourselves. Never return injury for injury. Aim at doing what all men will recognize as honorable. If it is possible, as far as rest with you, live peaceably with everyone. Never avenge yourselves, dear friends, but make way for the wrath of God. For Scripture declares, It is for me to avenge, I will requite, says the Lord. Rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. By doing this you will heap coals of fire upon his head. Never be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Chapter 13 Let everyone obey the supreme authorities. For no authority exists except by the will of God, and the existing authorities have been appointed by God. Therefore he who sets himself against the authorities is resisting God's appointment, and those who resist will bring a judgment upon themselves. A good action has nothing to fear from rulers. A bad action has. Do you want to have no reason to fear the authorities? Then do what is good, and you will win their praise, for they are God's servants, appointed for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you may well be afraid, for the sword they carry is not without meaning. They are God's servants, to inflict his punishments on those who do wrong. You are bound, therefore, to obey, not only through fear of God's punishments, but also as a matter of conscience. This, too, is the reason for your paying taxes, 
for the officials are God's officers, devoting themselves to this special work. In all cases, pay what is due from you. Tribute where tribute is due, taxes where taxes are due, respect where respect is due, and honor where honor is due. Owe nothing to anyone except brotherly love, for he who loves his fellow men has satisfied the law. The commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, and whatever other commandment there is, are all summed up in the words, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thou dost thyself. Love never wrongs a neighbor, therefore love fully satisfies the law. This I say, because you know the crisis that we have reached, for the time has already come for you to rouse yourselves from sleep. Your salvation is nearer now than when we accepted the faith. The night is almost gone, the day is near. Therefore let us have done with the deeds of darkness, and arm ourselves with the weapons of light. Being in the light of day, let us live becomingly, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lust and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. No, arm yourselves with the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, and spend no thought on your earthly nature to satisfy its cravings. Chapter 14 As for those whose faith is weak, Always receive them as friends, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on their scruples. One man's faith permits of his eating food of all kinds, while another whose faith is weak eats only vegetable food. The man who eats meat must not despise the man who abstains from it, nor must the man who abstains from eating meat pass judgment on the one who eats it, for God himself has received him. Who are you that you should pass judgment on the servant of another? His standing or falling concerns his own master, and stand he will for his master can enable him to stand. Again, one man considers some days to be more sacred than others, while another considers all days to be alike. Everyone ought to be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes a day observes it to his master's honor. He again who eats meat eats it to the master's honor, for he gives thanks to God, while he who abstains from it abstains from it to the master's honor, and also gives thanks to God. There is not one of us whose life concerns himself alone, and not one of us whose death concerns himself alone. For if we live, our life is for the Master, and if we die, our death is for the Master. Whether then we live or die, we belong to the Master. The very purpose for which Christ died and came back to life was this, that he might be Lord over both the dead and the living. I would ask the one man, Why do you judge your brother? And I would ask the other, Why do you despise your brother? For we shall all stand before the bar of God. For Scripture says, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bend before me, and every tongue shall make acknowledgment to God. So then each one of us will have to render account of himself to God. Let us then cease to judge one another. Rather, let this be your resolve, never to place a stumbling block or an obstacle in a brother's way. Through my union with the Lord Jesus, I know and am persuaded that nothing is defiling in itself. A thing is defiling only to him who holds it to be so. If, for the sake of what you eat, you wound your brother's feelings, your life has ceased to be ruled by love. Do not, by what you eat, ruin a man for whom Christ died. Do not let what is right for you become a matter of reproach. For the kingdom of God does not consist of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and gladness through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He who serves the Christ in this way pleases God and wins the approval of his fellow men. Therefore, our efforts should be directed toward all that makes for peace and the mutual building up of character. Do not undo God's work for the sake of what you eat. 
though everything is clean, yet if a man eats so as to put a stumbling block in the way of others, he does wrong. The right course is to abstain from meat or wine or indeed anything that is a stumbling block to your brother. As for yourself, keep this faith of yours to yourself, as in the presence of God. Happy is he who never has to condemn himself in regard to the very thing which he thinks right. He, however, who has misgivings, stands condemned if he still eats, because his doing is not the result of faith, and anything not done as the result of faith is a sin. Chapter 15 We, the strong, ought to take on our shoulders the weaknesses of those who are not strong, and not merely to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his neighbor's good, to help in the building up of his character. Even the Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as Scripture says of him, the reproaches of those who were reproaching thee fell upon me. Whatever was written in the Scriptures in days gone by was written for our instruction, so that through patient endurance and through the encouragement drawn from the Scriptures we might hold fast to our hope. And may God, the giver of this patience and this encouragement, grant you to be united in sympathy in Christ, so that with one heart and one voice you may praise the God and Father of Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, always receive one another as friends, just as the Christ himself received us, to the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ, in vindication of God's truthfulness, has become a minister of the covenant of circumcision, so that he may fulfill the promises made to our ancestors, and that the Gentiles also may praise God for his mercy. As Scripture says, Therefore will I make acknowledgment to thee among the Gentiles, and sing in honor of thy name. And again it says, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with God's people. And yet again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and let all peoples sing his praises. And again Isaiah says, There shall be a scion of the house of Jesse, one who is to arise to rule the Gentiles, and on him shall the Gentiles rest their hopes. May God, who inspires our hope, grant you perfect happiness and peace in your faith till you are filled with this hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am persuaded, my brothers, yes, I, Paul, with regard to you, that you are yourselves full of kindness, furnished with all Christian learning and well able to give advice to one another. But in parts of this letter I have expressed myself somewhat boldly, by way of refreshing your memories, because of the charge with which God has entrusted me, that I should be a minister of Christ Jesus to go to the Gentiles, that I should act as a priest of God's good news, so that the offering up of the Gentiles may be an acceptable sacrifice consecrated by the Holy Spirit. It is then through my union with Christ Jesus that I have a proud confidence in my work for God, for I will not dare to speak of anything but what Christ has done through me to win the obedience of the Gentiles, by my words and actions, through the power displayed in signs and marvels, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, starting from Jerusalem and its neighborhood, and going as far as Elyra, I have told in full the good news of the Christ, yet always with the ambition to tell the good news where Christ's name had not previously been heard so as to avoid building upon another man's foundations. But as Scripture says, they to whom he had never been proclaimed shall see, and they who have never heard shall understand. That is why I have so often been prevented from coming to you. But now there are no further openings for me in these parts, and I have for several years been longing to come to you whenever I may be going to Spain. For my hope is to visit you on my journey, and then to be sent on my way by you, after I have first partly satisfied myself by seeing something of you. Just now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem, to take help to Christ's people there. 
for Macedonia and Greece have been glad to make a collection for the poor among Christ's people at Jerusalem. Yes, they were glad to do so, and indeed it is a duty which they owe to them, for the Gentile converts who have shared their spiritual blessings are in duty bound to minister to them in the things of this world. When I have settled this matter, and have secured to the poor at Jerusalem the enjoyment of these benefits, I shall go by way of you to Spain, and I know that when I come to you it will be with a full measure of blessing from Christ. I beg you then, brothers, by Jesus Christ our Lord, and by the love inspired by the Spirit, to join me in earnest prayer to God on my behalf. Pray that I may be rescued from those in Judea who reject the faith, and that the help which I am taking to Jerusalem may prove acceptable to Christ's people, so that, God willing, I may be able to come to you with a joyful heart and enjoy some rest among you. May God, the giver of peace, be with you all. Amen. Chapter 16 I commend to your care our sister Phoebe, who helps in the work of the church at Sincre, and I ask you to give her a Christian welcome, one worthy of Christ's people, and to aid her in any matter in which she may need your assistance. She has proved herself a staunch friend to me and to many others. Give my greeting to Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in the cause of Christ Jesus, who risked their own lives to save mine. It is not I alone who thank them, but all the churches among the Gentiles thank them also. Give my greeting also to the church that meets at their house, as well as to my dear friend Eponidas, one of the first in Roman Asia to believe in Christ. To Mary, who worked hard for you. To Andronicus and Junius, my countrymen, and once my fellow prisoners, who are men of note among the apostles, and who became Christians before I did. To my dear Christian friend Ampliatus. To Urban, our fellow worker in the cause of Christ. And to my dear friend Stachys. To that proved Christian Apelles to the household of Aristobulus, to my countryman Herodian, to the Christians in the household of Narcissus, to Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have worked hard for the Master, to my dear friend Persis, for she has done much hard work for the Master, to that eminent Christian Rufus, and to his mother, who has been a mother to me also, to Esencretus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers with them, also to Philologus and Julia, Nerus and his sister, and Olympus, and to all Christ's people who are with them. Greet one another with a sacred kiss. All the churches of the Christ send you greetings. I urge you, brothers, to be on your guard against people who, by disregarding the teachings which you received, cause divisions and create difficulties. Disassociate yourselves from them, for such persons are not serving Christ, our Master, but are slaves of their own appetites and by their smooth words and flattery they deceive simple-minded people. Everyone has heard of your ready obedience. It is true that I am very happy about you, but I want you to be well versed in all that is good and innocent of all that is bad. And God, the giver of peace, will before long crush Satan under your feet. May the blessing of Jesus our Lord be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings, and Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, my countrymen, send theirs. I, Tertius, who am writing this letter, send you my Christian greeting. My host Gaius, who extends his hospitality to the whole church, sends you his greeting, and Erastus, the city treasurer, and Quartus, our brother, add theirs. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, as promised in the good news entrusted to me and in the proclamation of Jesus Christ, in accordance with the revelation of that hidden purpose, which in past ages was kept secret but now has been revealed, and in obedience to the command of the immortal God, made known through the writings of the prophets to all nations, to secure submission to the faith. To him, I say, the wise and only God, 
be ascribed through Jesus Christ all glory for ever and ever. Amen. End of chapters 12 through 16. End of the letter to the Romans.